0: Radio.
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Book Journeys Radio. This is Dr. Angela Loria, founder of the Author Incubator and creator of The Difference Process for writing a book that makes a difference. And today with us on the show, we have Samantha Hoffman, a novelist, a children's book author, an inspirational speaker. Um, she is the author of A Contented Mind. And normally on Book Journeys, we talk about nonfiction books, um, but Samantha's books, um, she actually has a couple, two children's books, I think, and then two novels. And Samantha's books um, are a little bit different, but I thought they might provide some insights, uh, especially to people who, um, a lot of the authors I work with have have dreams of writing multiple in multiple genres, which I think is an interesting uh, transition that Samantha made. But Samantha, your first book was A Contented Mind, right? Yes, it is. Okay, tell us a little bit about that book. When did you write it and what's it about?
0: Um, I wrote that in the very end of 2008. It came out of me in, um flowed through me. <laughs> it was almost like I was possessed. It, uh, it It really did spring forth in a series of four weeks and it was wow. um, much larger than than the finished version because when i did it i hardly knew what i was writing i really didn't i didn't know what the next sentence was going to be so i just let it i let it just flow from me and it was in so much detail and you know and then learning the process down the road later i i realized how much it you know i had to be edited down and i and i actually think it's it's a nicer tight book now than than that original original version but the flow of it is very much as it came out of me so uh, so it was at the very end of 2008, and I wrapped it up in uh, the beginning of 2009, and proceeded to reshape my life, very much like the book itself.
1: Wow! So, say more about that. What what's the what kind of reshaping is the book about?
0: Well, and in how the book, affect you? yeah, in the book, you know, I think because I was struggling with depression, and, and you know, I think for for an appearances' sake, no one would know why. You know, we tend to look at other people and and think, well, they shouldn't be depressed. And But that's not, <laughs> not how that really works on a deep core level. Um, there's a reason. Sometimes I know it's a medical reason. With me, it was more of a spiritual. It was me denying wow. my true self. And so I think my spirit, knowing me, it said the only way we're going to get this woman to listen is to, to make her write a book and then have her read it. And that's really what happened. And when I read it back, I realized I was living a life and I was in a marriage that didn't serve me. I didn't, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't the love of my life, you know. I mean, I loved this person, but I was, I couldn't trust him. And what what does that say about me? That I'm allowing this for myself. That I'm not setting the example for my kids of what, what a really great union should be. And I'm not following my dreams. I'm, I'm, and so I think because of reading it and in the, the character. in in a very obscure way that no one would know it does parallel my life but by reading it no one would would know that right Uh, but the emotions are there and her uh her feelings of wanting to be hidden within herself uh afraid to step out really but life forced her to she you know because she she was actually a best-selling author but under a um an alias that you know under a name that no one would know her but someone still found her broke into her home and so she never felt secure and i know that feeling and she kind of started over and when she did she exposed herself to all these new experiences that you know scared the life out of her but she did it and very much that's what i did
1: mm. wow well, it's interesting. We talk a lot uh, on Book Journeys Radio about writing a book that makes a difference. When you started writing *The Contended, did you? Were you trying to make a difference? It doesn't sound like you <laughs> no. were, though. It certainly sounds like you did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I wasn't. In fact, I was such a. You know, I want to make sure I use the right words here. Um, I was just inhibited. You know, I was with my own. Who's going, to, who's going to want to read my words? You know All these insecure thoughts we have, and I thought, well, I'll uh-huh. just get this out, and I'm going to put it in my safe, and one day when I'm long gone, my children will read it, and who knows what they'll do with it, but I'll be gone by then. I mean, I was that closed off inside of myself. And so I, you know, I thought, then once I read it, I thought, well, there's beauty here. There's raw beauty on just what it is to be human and to be scared and to feel you have something of purpose, but not knowing if you really believe in yourself to do it. And and I started to see the purpose. And all of a sudden, when I was editing it, halfway through, I, I stopped and I, I looked up you know, out the window and I prayed and I said, this right here is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And as it kept unfolding and kept unfolding, you know, it branched out. And now um, with the sequel, Chasing Nirvana, it really does deal with how we're, so many of us are unhappy with ourselves. We have a hard time recognizing our, our value, our our beauty, our inner beauty, and and that's pretty much what now is in every book I write and my my blog posts. It's it's very much about the real human struggle that so many of us have, and and I've been there. I've walked that. You know, I'm still walking it. And and I think um, I, I enjoy By the way,
1: for um, people listening, if you go to um, buysamanthahoffman.com, that's B-Y, like right. buysamanthahoffman.com, they can see a little bit more about the book and the sequel, and then I think there's a link to your blog there. There too, is.
0: Yeah, and they can go straight to the blog too at SaneSamantha.com, uh, sane samantha dot com s a n e samantha dot com. You know, and it's just sane cool. samantha. I <laughs>
1: see. Yeah. Interesting. I used to, my
0: email address years ago was insane samantha, and then somewhere along the line, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to switch that over.
1: <laughs> or maybe there's just both of you lingering inside <laughs> there.
0: It is a fine so, line.
1: <laughs> how did you decide? Um, I I've definitely one of the one of the emotions or feelings that you brought up of the who am I to write this book Mm -hmm. and sort of questioning, you know, there's so many great voices out there, so many great books out there. Why, you know, why am I going to add my voice to that mix? What do I have to say that's unique? Mm -hmm. I know this book sort of wrote itself. This book told you it needed to be written. But, I'm guessing it didn't publish itself. So how did you no. make the decision to go to the next step and get it edited and published? Yeah,
0: and don't think I didn't have a talk with God about that. Because <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought, if you're so kind as to help me. And no book has flowed quite like that one since. But, uh, you know, things do fall into line, or at least they did for me. I pray a lot, meditate a lot about things, and I try to really listen to my inner voice and muddle through that way. But... Sometimes it's with grace, and sometimes it's by falling down and discovering what's there, but i the right certain people kind of came into my life and i and I ended up meeting someone who, as an editor, retired but and and he was talking about um you know the the publishing world right now, and he knew how strong I was connected with my voice you know that's that's pretty much my my point is we all have a valid, beautiful voice, don't change it, and often as a new writer we do because we want so much to be heard and we we kind of don't know if we really believe in ourselves yet and um and he said so he was the one who encouraged me to be an indie author to just self-publish go that route get your feedback develop your you know your your um following your base and um and I trusted him and then I I went that route and I don't regret it um I've met so many wonderful people so now I've I've heard from all different kinds of published authors and I I look at the way I've done this, and right now in my life, this is good. I want to take it to the next level, but I'm very happy that I started this way because it re- required of me to believe in myself.
1: And so you decided to work with an editor you found on your own, and you worked with, did you work, what, how did you publish your book? Did I, you, who did you work Did you find a company, or how did you it?
0: No, I did, you can. There's a lot of really great, uh, little boutique publishers you can use that that kind of help you o- along the way. Um, I'm a jump in with both feet, learn as I go kind of gal. And uh, oh, that's funny, I have a dog here. <laughs> so and um, but it um, I studied and researched and I started up my own little publishing, Two Dog Press, and all of my books are under that. And uh, I went through Lightning Source, the distributor Ingram and they are the ones that most large publishing companies use, and they also work with people independently. You know, you don't have to be a big company to use them and have the same quality book and the same distribution uh, chain as far as making it accessible. So um, I I did it all myself.
1: And when you worked with Lightning Source, were you, you, did you sell books? Have you sold directly, like, during speaking engagements, or do you mostly just sell through online channels?
0: Well, um, I've done both. Or a combination. And, yeah, yeah it, it would definitely be a combination. You know, anything local is nice. Nothing is better than when the bookstore calls you up and asks for you to run more books to them. You know, <laughs> you just yep. think that's no, so I'll great. Yeah,
1: I'll take that any day. But, <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: uh, but they, uh, you know, it's also available. People feel good knowing they can get it at Barnes & Noble online and Amazon and those things and the e-books, you know, having it all available through mm-hmm. that version too. And so, you know, it kind of people come at it from i have it available on all those fronts and uh, and people seem to be using all of them
1: so what is the thing about the publishing process going through self-publishing and really starting your own publishing company and teaching yourself what were what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced things maybe that you wish you knew before you started because a lot of people are starting down this road
0: exposure I was just speaking with a close friend of mine who also has a book and out, uh, and it's exposure. You know, I think there are so many wonderful books out there, phenomenal writers with a, a great message, that are sitting there unseen. We we don't know of them, and then so many that maybe aren't of that, quite that. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of writers say there's a lot of junk out there too. You know, I don't know. I don't really want to say any of it's junk, but but sometimes you look and think, how'd that book get? you know, mm-hmm. there and not this one, you so know, and you wonder. what's something
1: that you have learned through your process about exposure that you didn't know at the beginning, you know, something that you can pass on to somebody who's at the beginning of this journey?
0: How vitally important it is to, to network, to try to to get yourself you, you know. Um, I mean, I love the notion of just sitting and writing and, you know, all day and never really leaving my home. <laughs> but you have to go to places, go to book events, start, Talking to the people have lots of exposure, and online is where it's at a lot too you know now too, in addition to the conferences and um writers groups and things like that you you need to build that up, build it up, build it up, and that is almost that has been more work than writing for me. Because writing, I, I just sit and that's my love, that's my bliss, my joy. The other, that's the work I do, in my opinion, mm. and it's so important because people aren't going to find out about you. You, they, they might think you're the next greatest thing, but they just simply don't know you're there. Right. You have to, you know, you can't be timid.
1: So, what's the most effective thing that you've done? Um, what, what's worked the best?
0: Hmm. Ooh. Um, I think uh, it would be a few things. But, I, you know, Twitter I know was all above at the Book Expo in New York um, last year as that's such a great place for interaction, you know, really talking with people, you know, back and forth. I'm not that good at that. You know, I think Facebook is a really good thing, getting it out there, blogging. You know, now most writers, mm-hmm. they have that blog because it keeps them right there and um, and it gives people another sense of how they write. And so you just kind of have to, I think those online things would be the, I'm not as big into book signings, um, because if they don't know you, they they walk in and wonder who's this person sitting here, you know? (laughs) So you kind of, that doesn't seem to have quite the effect as Facebook, Facebook ads. You know, that was something I did. And um, they have wonderful campaigns. Facebook does. And And they have that all right there for you. Did
1: you place ads on Facebook?
0: I did. I did for a content design. I noticed an increase. You know, again, it's that exposure. You know, you go from being unknown to them peppering it out to, you know, you pick your um, target audience and and Mm -hmm. it appears before them. And it really doesn't get a whole lot sweeter than that. And um, I think that's even better than an ad in a magazine, truthfully. Interesting.
1: And so what are some of the things that you've tried? Um, Obviously, we all, you know, life is a journey and – not not everything we're going to do is going to be effective right out of the gate. So, what are some of the things that you've tried that maybe you thought were a waste of money or a waste of time, or if you had to do it all over again, you wouldn't do that again? Try um, and save, save people from
0: some right. Of
1: yeah,
0: well, I'll save them a few grand.
1: <laughs> okay, go. You know, I think the um,
0: for me, uh, and and it's just for me. Although I, you know, I have someone who who would say the same thing. Is the publicist? You know, I I sunk a great deal of money into that because I of course believed in my book, and you're assuming everybody's going to look at it and, and love it. And the problem is, and I have the hardest kind of book to market, you know, a fiction, uh, women's fiction. You know, it's uh, but is they're trying to get this one book to these people, you know, whether it's a magazine or you know, everyone wants to be on on Oprah, you know, or in the on the own network, on some level, well, they're, they're inundated with books, and and it, all those all the efforts of the publicist and I really believe she did a lot didn't pay off. I didn't get hardly anything from it, and then in talking with other people, they say the same, and I think it's because they just get this—they're bombarded with so many books, and not to say that that yours or if you you know or anybody's wouldn't be a standout, but. You know, that was the that was my biggest financial loss, was the money I hired for a publicist.
1: Wow. And I think a lot of people are, you know, really want to get the word out about their book, and they feel like, I'm going to make this commitment to spend some money on this because it'll have a payoff. Mm-hmm. And so to not, you know, it always feels good to... Be able to like outsource the the part of being an author you don't like, yeah. and if
0: the, yeah. you know
1: the publicity stuff, people are always looking for like, who can I get to do this for me? Mm-hmm. But I think one of the big secrets of being an author is that you have to really come to own that promotional role yourself, because no one's gonna no one's gonna do it for you really. Ultimately, no one right. can do it
0: for you. Right, I, I so agree, and there's really no one else who can do it better, really. It's right. just, you know, I think so many of us writers, we're the last ones to, you know, throw our arm in the air and say, you know, look at me, look at me. We tend to want to just be writers, and um, so it kind of goes against us, you know, or at least some of us. I know it does me. But in the, you know, looking back, I think I've had the best return when I sold my book, when I was the voice, when I was the one talking about it, because then they get a feel for you, and either they're going to like you or they're not but the publicist or at least in my case it just it was my book was just one out of so many and it just didn't have the payoff and that's hard because you don't make a right. ton of money off of every book anyway none alone you know sell a few but you invested a few thousand
1: yeah so okay well that was a great piece of advice so let's talk about outcomes you've had your book out for a couple years now and i know you've had multiple books Why don't you tell me some of the kind of concrete outcomes of having a book? What are some things that are different in your life now um, after becoming an author?
0: Um, I'm secure within myself as to my purpose, as to what what I'm supposed to do. I think in the beginning I was a little wishy-washy on it, and I wasn't certain. I wasn't sure of my own skills and my my ability to really do this. You can want to do it, but you don't know if you can. I know I can And I think that's the biggest thing. I could, in many ways, die a happy woman now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's pretty significant. Yeah, not that I want to die right now. (laughs) No, no, but I I get your
1: point, yeah. My kids are are like, That feels very complete. What about just in terms of more like, um, you know, concrete things? Are there people you've met or speaking opportunities you've had or, you know, book signings you've done? What are some of the kind of concrete outcomes of having a book?
0: The not so personal, um, you know, everything is so spiritual and personal for me. I always kind of go to that. It would be, um, it would be, again, the in having to speak about the book and my process of how it came about, the concrete would be my career path, would be, again, you know, I I've met so many wonderful people, and for the most part, over ninety percent of them are in al- in alignment with kind of where I'm coming from, you know, personal empowerment and things like that. They keep coming in, and so uh, and that and then that networking kind of keeps expanding and expanding. The more things you do, so those would be, or at least as close as I can get to answer your question, the most concrete things is watching the unfolding and the, the meeting of these really great people. Um, and well, it, and are
1: there are there certain connections you've made maybe with certain groups or partnerships or are there conversations you've had with people who have been affected by reading your book just trying to have some specific outcomes so that people can get a sense of things that happened maybe that you didn't expect um you know, that without your book, it wouldn't have happened. You got a phone call out of the blue. You were interviewed for a radio show. I don't know, You know. Yeah. Um,
0: trying to think. Um, because of my book, it's a yeah, it's amazing. Some of the people that that I've met and the knowledge I've gained that I wouldn't have otherwise. You know, if I didn't have this book, I wouldn't have after I wrote the book I, I took a week and I went to um my, my first vacation I gave myself actually in all my forty years but to California and then, you know, as occurrences happened and I met this woman, wonderful woman and she was the creator of the love book um series. Uh the Love Boat series love book. Love boat. Wow. And um and just a dynamic woman. And um and she talked to me about it and about the writing and she's the one who then connected me with her editor, who was the one that I then spoke with and who gave me the advice. And so it's a lot of this connect the dots for me. Right. And and I knew I was on to something, you know, and I felt so blessed by meeting these great people.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great example because I think without a book, it's possible you would meet, you know, those people, but it does seem like when you have a book it opens up conversations and connections. hmm Um. Uh, in a way that is often unexpected. So I I think that's great feedback. Well, in our last couple minutes, what I want to do is just talk about if you, and maybe this has happened to you, but if you were talking to somebody who wanted to write their first book, but they were somehow running into obstacles, they were unable to finish it, they started it and they didn't finish, or they said they were going to start it and they didn't finish, What's some um, advice if you were talking to them that having gone through um having gone through what you have been through um over the last uh four years or so mm-hmm. what's advice that you would give to them
0: uh don't give up. I know that sounds glib and you know, oversaid, but it's um true, and I think we do best when we lighten up on ourselves. I know that when I clamp down and I, I get almost frightened, you know, I have to get this done, this this has to be perfect, you know, and I start putting these hard rules on myself, well that shuts off my flow, my my creative flow. And so I'd say, uh, if it's meant to be, you'll do it. Don't give up. But lighten up on yourself, you know, allow it to flow. Um and it usually will. You know, you have to center yourself and, and, and believe that you can. See it done. I did that. I printed up the darn cover of my book, uh, like a mock one, and I wrapped it around a, a different book and I'd set it in front of me. And I, I that's that's it, you know, finished. And that was during the editing phase and because that was very arduous for me, editing it. And um, so, you know, see it done, believe you can do it, and then lighten up on yourself.
1: And are there places with your other books where you have had, you know, some challenges uh, where you've had, where lightning Up has worked for you? Can you give us any examples of that? Um, it,
0: chasing Nirvana came out differently, and, I you know, the title came before the darn book. I You know, and I realized in many ways I was chasing Nirvana where Nirvana's inside of us, you know, and so, um, and that's very much kind of what's in the book, but subtly, You do. You have to get in the right state of mind. I have two of my, of three, or of five children's books in the Series 5 and the Series 2 are written. Well, you have to be in the right state of mind to kind of think like a 10-year-old and write on, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. And so you can't be in the middle of a legal battle, or I can't, I should say. So you go easy on yourself. And I have, some stuff has to sit and wait. And, And if it's meant to be, just trust that it'll happen. And I think if we do trust it, and let it go, then it comes back much easier.
1: Mm, yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great feedback. Well, um, so Susanna's books uh, that we have talked about today—two um, novels, and they're the, they're a series, right? Mm, uh,
0: just two of the novels, and then the children's book series. There's two in
1: it. But the t- but the two novels are—it's uh, a sequel, or right? Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. to see this. So, okay, a contented mind mm-hmm. is love, hope, and the complicated mess of redefining one's life. And then the sequel to that, chasing nirvana. Mm-hmm. And then she also has a children's book series, uh, Dainty Delaney. And there's mm-hmm. a couple. Um, there's a couple of books in that series, Dainty Delaney and the Carnival Shoes, and Dainty Delaney and Old Blue. Mm -hmm. So you can check those out on BuySamanthaHoffman.com. You can probably also look up Samantha Hoffman on Amazon. So, Samantha, thank you so much for being with us today on Book Journeys Radio. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.